eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to a special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. I'm going to be joined alongside Chris Trevino in a second. A very special guest, but I just want to let everyone know. Uh, we got to talk more about USC uh, joining the Big Ten, and we're going to do that today with our special guest. And Chris Devino, if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. And before we jump into anything, I definitely wanted to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. They've been great to us uh, over the last several years. If you go over the website, hope you had a great 4th of July holiday weekend. You got to do some grilling over the 4th of July. Where there's a grill, there's a way. You can check that over at TraderJoe's.com. Lots of great grilling ideas. You got some leftover meats and fish or whatever you want to do, you can still do that. Uh, this coming weekend, the weekend's going to be here before we know it. And uh, more pre- breaking news across the college football world is very likely because, you know, that's the kind of uh, place we're in right now with, with college football. And I'm going to bring in our special guest so you guys can know who it is. Colin Cowherd, host of The Herd, Fox Sports, uh, the Volume Sports Podcasting Network. He's the head of that. Uh, Colin's joining the show. He wants to talk about, he's a, he's a big USC football fan too, talking about this Big Ten expansion with USC and UCLA. Colin, uh, thanks again for coming on. Good to see you guys. Love being on. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. You just finished your show a little bit earlier, so thanks for doing this. Um, I know you haven't talked a whole lot of USC, uh, you know, the pro- probably the last six or seven years, but it seems like a lot more now that Lincoln Riley's hired and, of course, uh, USC joining the Big Ten now. Yeah, you know, I always say it's not my responsibility for you to make your teams interesting. When they're interesting, I'll talk about them. And uh, I'm not in the egg business I'm in the omelet business. It has to be made. It has to be interesting. And so USC now with Lincoln Riley is, they've transformed a great deal of their roster. Uh, I think they're good enough to win nine or 10 games. I don't think they're good enough defensively to compete for a national title. I think they're good enough offensively to compete with the top teams in the country. But, um, you know, this I, Lincoln Riley is what they should have done years ago. I thought the extension to Clay Helton was ridiculous. Um, so they're at a spot that I think for the next foreseeable future, five years or so is going to be really healthy. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, just the last, you know, since November when USC hired Lincoln Riley, obviously that was a big move. Uh, another big move by Mike Bowen and Brandon Sosna to join the, 
the Big Ten. I know you gave some kind of tweet or you gave a little hint before about there was some big news coming for USC. Was this uh, along the same lines? Or is this what you were talking about? Or yeah, I was. I was call. I was in Turks and Caicos at an airport, uh, eight <laughs> in the morning your time, eleven my time. I got a call that said USC and uh, UCLA were added. Um, I could not announce it because they still had to go to a vote, but they knew the vote would pass. So uh, it was just one of those things where a source who had been great through the years called me and said, uh, you can put something on your emoji, just don't give it away. <laughs> so, um, or on your Twitter. But um, yeah, it didn't surprise me. I had two different discussions um, with executives at Fox and two different discussions with Pac-12 athletic directors in the last 18 months about what to do with the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, does USC go independent? Uh, does USC go to another conference? Um, I, I had a lot of conversations. You know, uh, an interesting one is that even when USC hired Mike Riley, they only sold about 4,000 season tickets. And their concerns were, well, what's going on? And what's going on is there's two NFL teams in there yeah. now in Los Angeles. And the LAFC and the Clippers are good. And the Dodgers are way better than they were during Pete Carroll's reign. And the economy has been enriched because of Silicon Valley. So people are traveling more. Um, you know, the travel industry right now, despite the fact we may be going into a recession, is profound and dynamic. And it's, I mean, the, the planes are full. The hotels are full. Try getting a room late notice in Vegas and see how much luck you have. Yeah. So it's a different market. It's a distracted market. And I think both USC and UCLA, once the NFL came to town with two teams, I told somebody at USC six months ago, I said, the first thing I would do is I get on the phone with Wisconsin and Iowa and Nebraska and Michigan and Ohio State, and I do home and homes. I do two a year yeah. because with Lincoln Riley, the Pac-12 is not going to be viable enough or dynamic enough to challenge them. And Los Angeles is too distracted. They don't, they're not going to go to a Washington State game or an Oregon State game or a Colorado game. It's hard enough to get them to a Utah game or an Oregon game. So I just think it was bound to happen. We're seeing disruptions on the PGA Tour now with the Live Golf Tour. We almost saw it in the English Premier League. We're seeing it all over the country in business, disruptors, and we're just seeing it now. And, and this is a disruptive move. We now have two conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. And outside of Notre Dame, every major national college football brand in America today, outside of Notre Dame, this morning is going to be in the Big Ten or the SEC. Wow. Um, you said earlier in your answer, you said uh, Mike Riley instead of Lincoln Riley. I was like, what? they tried to hire Mike Riley no, back no, no, in like 2000. <laughs> we just got funny. Fans got freaked out. Wait, Mike Riley, what's he doing? Um, ESPN and Fox are big parts of this. You mentioned the two leagues, the SEC, obviously ESPN, your former employer, very close relationship there. And Fox, your current employer, very close relationship with the Big Ten owning a majority share of the Big Ten network and all that. Um, are they... I mean, these are markets. You're moving markets. You're bringing the Los Angeles schools, all those television sets and all that, the the championships and everything. Um, I mean, how big of a player do you think these major networks are in kind of forging ahead with this all, all this realignment stuff? Well, I mean, these networks are basically on the phone daily with Roger Goodell and the NFL. In any business, ask yourself, where does the revenue come from? Where does the lion's share of the revenue come from in boxing for instance the lion's share of the revenue comes from pay-per-view buys so if you're going to watch a fight at 8 p.m on a saturday night 
You ever notice sometimes it goes off at nine? Why? Because you're trying to drive more pay-per-view buys in that last hour. Because that's where a big chunk of consumers buy their pay-per-view for a UFC or a boxing match. You ever notice that? Fights never start early. They often start way late. Where's the revenue come from? Okay, college football, where's the revenue come from? Television. Yeah. Well, of course they have in any business, you know, in any business. Uh, the New York Times now, their, their money comes from subscriptions. That's why they bought The Athletic. The Athletic hemorrhages $40 million a year, but they have a huge subscription base. That's where their revenue is derived from. That's why they can buy a losing business because they're buying subscriptions. So college football is driven by television revenue. Of course, ESPN and Fox have impact, yeah. influence. Uh, Chris, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, Colin, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, I just want to touch on something you said a little bit earlier about how the future is the Big Ten and SEC. You don't think there's room possibly for three three leagues in a Super League, whatever future it looks like, whether that be the Big 12 poaching you know, the rest of the Pac-12 and maybe pulling some from the ACC? I do. I, I do think... If the current Big 12 adds Oregon, Washington, um, the Arizona schools, Utah, and then if they added a Clemson and a Florida State or Miami, then it would work. Um, I don't think it would be quite as good, but that's okay. I mean, look in the NFL, you've got eight divisions and there's two or three great ones and two or three awful ones, right? So um, I think that could work. Um, The ACC and the Pac-12 to me are and the Big 12 – need to become two or one. Um, I just think they do. I just, I think the, I think the PAC 12 today, if, if those schools, the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington, join the big 12, the PAC 12 is done. So there's one off the board. Yeah. Uh, and I think they'd go big game hunting and try to get Miami and Clemson. I think they would. So I, I, yeah, I just think, right. You know, we've had the power of five. I think, I think there's a really great possibility. It could become the power three. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the ACC looks like it's, I mean, with that, that grant of rights deal, I don't know how, how easy that's going to be to get any of those teams out of that. Like you mentioned Notre Dame, that's probably going to be the first domino to fall. But a year ago, the Big 12 was, you know, on life support, reached out to the Pac-12. George Klyovkov passed. George Klyovkov didn't decide to raid the Big 12 and take any of those those teams. Now you have the Pac-12 reeling. The Big 12, like you mentioned, could come after Pac-12 teams and essentially kill the the conference if if USC and UCLA le- leaving didn't involve. But the the interesting ones I want to ask you about are Oregon and Washington because there was a lot of speculation that they would go uh, to the Big Ten after USC and UCLA did. And Pete Thamel, um, I think we both know him, uh, wrote something today on ESPN about it. He says, any cries for Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten should be tempered by the reality that if USC and UCLA wanted them there in the first place, They'd probably be there. Those schools appear to be value-owning Los Angeles and the rich recruiting market much more. They have a monopoly on the West Coast. Why invite your top competition? That's right. pretty much what I've been hearing. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. If this this deal has been voted on, if they wanted Oregon and Washington, I've been told they would have them. So Pete's tied in. I think I'm tied in. Uh, it's Notre Dame is the only one they want. Notre Dame academically is a good fit. They add massive uh, sidewalk value. They have a huge sidewalk alumni where people that didn't go there, but they follow Notre Dame football. So Notre at this point, the Big Ten can be very choosy. When you've got Ohio State football, USC football, Michigan football, 
a, a Notre Dame football, you know, Michigan State, UCLA, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, you, you don't need Oregon and Washington. And you're only splitting up the revenue. <clears throat> so if I'm Ohio State, why would I want to split my revenue up more? Now, Notre Dame could increase my revenue. Oregon, Washington couldn't. There's no value in it. Yeah. Colin, obviously you're great with words. Let's say you're asked to speak at the Pac-12's funeral. What do you think you would say up there? I would say um, what you are seeing in the PGA Tour, um, what you are seeing with boxing when UFC stole market share, what you are seeing with the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is don't be vulnerable. The reason Texas, Oklahoma left, they thought we're not being treated well enough. The reason the English Premier League almost broke up, the top team said, why are we splitting revenue with the bottom? The reason the Pac-12, USC people told me they felt that Larry Scott, who had a relationship with a Washington State athletic director, Washington State was treated better than USC by the former commissioner. Take care of your stars. Um, Disney now, you ever notice you're not seeing the independent films? It's the Avengers. Like this is all, there was a discussion about this. I, I saw it on YouTube about a year ago from a female Harvard professor. You're seeing this in fashion. You're seeing it in movies. You're seeing it in sports consolidation years and years ago. In fact, I may be able to show you the stat. Yeah. In the past 20 years, the amount of corporations in America has been cut in half from 7,500 to 3,700 consolidation is everything. And obviously, uh, Washington State and Oregon State are not evaporating. But what you're seeing is uh, the big dogs gobbling up potential big dogs. And you're seeing consolidation all over business globally, domestically. And the PGA Tour was vulnerable, didn't take care of their best golfers, treated them no differently than the 58th golfer. Uh, boxing was run by promoters, UFC came in with a Fertitta family and Dana White, very aggressive, centralized voice, um, greater structure, dependability, uh, bang for your buck to the consumer. And I just think USC and UCLA looked around and went, wait a minute, we're driving 40% of the TV revenue. Where are our perks? Yeah. You can't offer them, we're out. No, that's, and that's true. That's John Wilner put that out there where the Pac-12 would have got a $500 million TV deal, most likely, with USC and UCLA without them. 300 million. So that's, yeah, 40% of the revenue. And if you're being treated like one twelfth of it, that's uh, yeah, probably not going to work well. Like, it doesn't, I mean, you're a Vegas guy, uh, George Klyovkov, you know, coming from the MGM. I, I've liked him so far, you know, as the Pac 12 commissioner. I don't put a lot of blame on his shoulders. Oh. We'll see. Maybe, you know, he might not have reached out enough to USC and UCLA. It sounded like in the beginning, he, 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 valued the big brands and he valued the, the major sports, unlike Larry Scott, who was more about parody and Olympic sports and all that. But if you're, if you're him at this point, I mean, it looks like Oregon and Washington are not going anywhere right now. The big 12 could make some announcement in the next week or so that they've taken the Arizona schools and the mountain schools. But if you're George Klyovkov, what could you do to try to, you know, make the PAC 12 still exist, be an entity, uh, you know, beyond two years from now? Oh, I think it's done. I think once the Big 12 grabs those schools, Pac-12's over. But I thought it was dead six years ago. Um, and I'm not anti-tradition. There's a lot of things. Um, you know, there's a lot of traditions. Uh, I still struggle to pay for a car wash. I want to wash my own car. Uh, you know, there's just, just things. I can be very old school on stuff. 
you know, I eat the same thing for breakfast almost every morning. Uh, but when it comes to business and college football is a business, um, you got to adapt. You got to grow. It's too late. Um, if I was him, I would have gone in the first week. If I was George and I would have gone to USC and UCLA and said, I'm going to reduce the amount of money I give the Washington States, Oregon States. We're going to have a new deal. You're going to get a lion's share of it. Um, would that have staved this off? Potentially. But the market dynamics have changed. Two teams in LA, NFL teams, it's just harder to sell tickets to UCLA and USC. Mike Bone knows that. So the market dynamics change. And so I, I sometimes there's things you can save and there's things you can't. Um, you know, um, a lot of these people put their money in NFTs. Look at the market. Look at the current economic meltdown globally or in America. You know, you may not be able to save them. So much of life is timing and location uh, in so many businesses. I mean, I just got done reading Shoe Dog, uh, the, the, the Phil Knight story, the Phil Knight memoir. Boy, so much of it was timing, as brilliant as Phil is. This happens all the time. Um, sometimes businesses start too early. Sometimes they start too late. And, um, you know, CNN Plus went on the air. It was done in a month. They started too late. ESPN Plus started a few years earlier. They're flourishing. So I don't think there's anything George could have done. I, I really don't. I just think the dynamics have changed in Los Angeles. It With two NFL teams, it's harder to sell tickets. And the Big Ten just is a revenue machine. And a lot of these Pac-12 teams are in cities with pro sports. Seattle, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Phoenix. The games aren't, they don't matter as much. This is not the South or the Big Ten or Ann Arbor where the college football team drives all the economics. It's hard here in Los Angeles. It's hard in Seattle. You got soccer and the Seahawks and the Mariners. And now you have a hockey team. They want the NBA back. It's hard for the college, the local university to compete financially in sports. Yeah. Colin, do you think this move will affect Lincoln Riley's plan or this track he has to get USC back to sort of, you know, competing for national championships, well, knowing, you know, he won't have to, you know, play against Pac-12 teams anymore. Well, for two years, he's playing against Pac-12 teams yeah. and they'll be able, you know, so he'll dominate the Pac-12 for the next two years is my guess. We don't know if the guy at Oregon can coach. Um, I mean, I don't think they match up with Notre Dame. Put that down as a loss, but I, they could beat Utah and Utah. Uh, they, UCLA, I think, is their second toughest game. I think UCLA in the trenches – could, uh, they're not very good at they're not great at quarterback. USC will be more profound offensively than the Bruins, but UCLA will be better in the trenches, better defensively, and they have a good coach. So I think he's going to do very well the next few years in the Pac-12. Get some momentum. The recruiting the transfer portal was great. Recruiting's already going very well outside of maybe the offensive line. So um, I think they're in a great. I think he's fine. I, I think talented people want to be challenged. You know, I think I think he would have been bored beating Colorado and Oregon State. That doesn't feel big. You know what feels big? Saturday night at the Horseshoe. Saturday night at Camp Randall. Saturday night on ABC or Fox. When you are the marquee game nine times a year. That feels big. That's going to keep you around. What's not going to keep you around is going to Pullman and playing in front of 29,000 people and it's dreary and it's on regional TV and you beat them again. I mean, Pete Carroll got bored of that stuff. Pete Carroll left because he wanted more competition. He wanted bigger games. 
Um, and I think the Big Ten is is appropriately named. The games feel big. The stadiums are big. They're sold out. National TV, night games, 7 million viewers, 90,000 people. That, to me, would keep them around. Colin, we appreciate your time and everything. Uh, one last thing for you. Uh, thanks again you know, for coming on. Um, when you heard about this and you, you, know, you got that call, I'm, I think you were somewhat excited about it. Like, it's a cool move. And, I mean, it's good for, you know, professionally it's probably good for both of us it's my business your business it's good you know to have those bigger brands and fox having more all of that i mean that's part of you know who you are uh but just like the fan i know you're a fan of usc football i was a little shocked we put a twitter poll out and it was only about 57 percent of the fans really approved it right away on the peristyle on uscfootball.com chris put a poll and it was i think it's in the 70s so it was it was a higher percentage like of the more like kind of diehard fans than maybe just the random twitter fans but i i really thought it'd be more universally approved uh, just knowing how much money the athletic department is going to make and just going from, you know, you're moving into like the, the perfect house with great landscaping and fully furnished and everything's taken care of already, as opposed to like the dilapidated thing you were in before. I'm not sure why, but I, I, did you kind of expect that from fans that it's sort of a well, mixed bag early on? A people don't like change. They just don't B a lot of the older fans really don't like this. The 20, 30, 40-year-old fans will be cool with it. But I think if you're over 60, you're USC, you have business partners who went to Stanford, Cal, UCLA, you have a special relationship with the conference. You've been going to Rose Bowls for 40 years. Uh, so it, it doesn't surprise me that the over 60 crowd wouldn't love it. If you broke down demographics of who's against it, I, I think a lot of over 60 would be, it'd be like 80% don't like it. I think most young people want new, fun, cool, dynamic stuff. So let me tell you something. When USC goes and beats Michigan and Ann Arbor, that Saturday night, everybody's going to be like, this is way cooler than beating <laughs> Oregon State. I guarantee you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Colin, I really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Colin Cowherd. And, of course, uh, The Herd uh, weekdays. 9 a.m. out here on the West Coast and uh, the Volume Podcast Network. You can see a whole bunch of different, a lot of cool stuff you guys have on that. That's a new network for you, right, Colin? It is. It's fun. Uh, I had Joel Cloud on yesterday, oh, and nice. it's uh, it's my own little business. And, you know, I, I always figure these networks will eventually throw me off because I'm old and have great hair. <laughs> so I wanted to create a business where <clears throat> if I'm, you know, if I, you know, things don't, you know, like every other broadcaster, as I'm in my mid to late fifties, you know, if things don't work out or I don't want to work as hard, or I just want to do stuff from home, or I want to travel and, and work three days a week, not five and an hour a day, not three. It's just, I, I, I've said before, I don't know how long I'll be in TV and radio could be a long time, maybe not, but the podcast network I'm going to have for the rest of my, my waking days. So nice. th this'll be around for, for me forever. This is my toy. Nice. All right. Well, we'll keep following that. And we appreciate the the insight uh, and everything here. And we'll uh, hopefully again talk to you again soon. Thanks again, Colin. All right. See you, Chris. See you, Ryan. See you, All, right. All right, everyone. Back in a minute. We'll be back with more podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Hopefully that worked. We're, we're, we didn't get to do much of an intro because we had our big guests. We wanted to get them on. We are simulcasting this, uh, not live, but right to YouTube. So you can see video. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Inside Troy, you can see Chris, myself, and of course, we had Colin Cowherd on earlier. Now it'll just be me and Chris uh, for the rest of the show, but uh, that was cool. It's always good to get kind of a national perspective. Colin always has a unique one because he's, you know, a big closet or maybe not so closet USC football fan. I mean, if people don't know, they're like, oh, I hate Colin. He had this take about the Lakers or something like if, or he said something about you. He loves USC, like literally calls me holidays, whatever, just like, hey, what about the defensive lineman that would, you know, but about recruiting stuff, not even uh, anything. So he's, if you don't know, he's definitely a big uh, USC football fan. So. But he didn't go to USC? No, he didn't go. He went to, some point like Eastern Washington, I think, like, um, sp- like Spokane, uh, somewhere in the Spokane area. He grew up, he's a Pacific Northwest guy. He's a West Coast guy. Um, likes Pac 12, you know, grew up going to like Washington football games and stuff. Uh, but for whatever reason, he's always like USC. That's how we became friends, just because he was, uh, working for ESPN on the, you know, East Coast. And, uh, yeah, I covered USC. So he followed me and we just start talking about USC all the time. And then, he came out, we got a beer, and then just kind of, you know, he moved to Manhattan Beach, so we just kind of became friends or whatever. But um, nice, he's, I, I mean, he's just always been nice to me, and uh, he always has interesting takes on USC, and, you know, seems to be pretty dialed in of, of what's going on. And having the the relationship with Fox, obviously Fox was a big part of this, so um, he kind of got a feel for, for you know, he knew, he pretty, pretty much knew what was going on with us, I think. Would you believe I was nervous? No. <laughs> It was very surreal because in college, I remember like watching Colin Cowherd in my dorm room eating shitty ramen noodles or whatever. So, <laughs> and I just did a podcast with him. So that was cool. I got, I put, I made sure to put up a screenshot, you know, the two of you on together. Right. So you can, you know, I can send that to people. Send it to whoever you want. It was funny. We go on and uh, the one thing that Colin, Colin does like consume a lot of this stuff. Like I remember going to a practice one time and I forget who it was. It might've been Ruben Peters. It was like, like a backup fullback that went to, it was a linebacker that started playing fullback and it was like a walk on, but then given a scholarship. And he had like gone up to Colin and introduced himself. And, and when Coward was like, I know who you are, like he was telling him about <laughs> stuff. And this, you know, this former walk on is like, how the hell do you know who I am? You know, and, but he just knows that stuff. And when, when we come on, he's like, oh, is Chris there? Hey, Chris, you know, like, I'm like, have you met Chris? Like, no, but I read his stuff, you know, so like, like, he knows, he knows who you are. So that's, that's you call saw my face. Are. I was like, <laughs> he's retweeted me a couple times, so that's been fun. Oh, good. So he he must follow you on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, cool. Well, anyway, um, anything that he said sort of stand out to you or anything? Look, as I, I'm just I'm just glad I asked him what he would say at the Pac-12 funeral. Yeah, hopefully, you know, if, as you said, he was a Pac-12 guy, so he uh, 
he he deserves to speak at the. Uh, he's a guy you would want to speak at your funeral. He yeah he would. I think the thing that stood out to me the most was certainly when I asked him like, "Hey, you're George Klayovkov. What can you do? Or what do you do now?" It sounded like there wasn't anything to do. It was just basically <laughs> like you know you're you you can still play your violin on the deck of the Titanic, but it's gonna sink. Like there's nothing. They have no cards. Uh, they no. have no tricks. You can go down to the kitchen and rearrange the uh, the silverware drawer, or you can, uh, you know, fold some more linens. But the sink, the ship is still sinking, no matter what you do. Swab the deck; doesn't matter. It's going to be all covered in water soon, anyway. Um, so that was like, whoa, because I, I think, um, you know, from what I've read and and you know, just having met George Klyakov, like I, I think he's someone that's not going to take this lying down. I think he's going to try, try. And there was a, I think John Canzano had a, a column today about, um, it's definitely, if you read someone from Southern California versus like the Pacific Northwest, there's definitely a different take because Southern California, you're not as worried about the Pac-12 because the teams that you cover are leaving. Uh, you're John Canzano and you're covering Oregon, Oregon State. Um, you're more concerned like, hey, what's the fate of these programs? But um, I think it was his column where they talked about uh Klavkov is going to be fighting and he actually distributed. So Jason Shear from 24 seven sports and other people have picked up and reported this too. reported yesterday that the big 12 was meeting with, I think maybe it was today meeting with the Arizona schools, today, Utah yeah. and Colorado mm -hmm. and Kanzano's report. Uh, he talked to some of the PAC 12 that didn't believe that, that said that that wasn't the case. Uh, we'll see. Um, and you know, there's reports that they could even look at Oregon and Washington, but those four, uh, like the four corner schools, like the Arizona, Colorado, uh, Utah, like those schools would make a lot of sense, you know, geographically. And you're not, maybe you're not, uh, to add those schools for the big 12, I don't think you're hurting your TV revenue. You might actually be helping it with yeah. a couple of big markets, three big markets, you know, Denver, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix. Phoenix, one of the, the bigger markets. Without the big 12 having a huge brand, it might make sense for the big 12 to just get bigger, you know, where... If you're the SEC and you're the Big Ten, you already have big brands and you're already pretty big. If you just add more bulk, it doesn't really help unless the bulk is bringing in a, a crap load more TV stations, you know, TV sets like USC and UCLA are like Notre Dame would. So this might make sense for the Big 12. And then who knows, like Oregon, Washington could kind of come along. But uh, that, I mean, something like can George Klyovkov keep Oregon and Washington around and then not, you know, have the Arizona schools in Washington, I mean, in Utah and Colorado stay for now. They just announced that they were going to immediately begin uh, working on their TV rights deal. Um, formal discussions. Formal discussions for that. So I, it's just kind of weird timing and all that. Like, you know, we're going to be talking about, I, I think to me, that's more of an attempt to keep the 10 that you have left together and then potentially, you know, add more. But Man, it's uh, it's I, Colin was definitely not optimistic that the Pac-12 was going to survive, and uh, I think he's looking at this as more pragmatically. He's just looking at this as this is what's going to happen in the college football landscape. I kind of agree, but it does make me sad that you know the Pac-12 won't survive. But I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's gonna? You think the Pac-12 can come out of this? Is there any way George Klyovkov can pull a rabbit out of his hat and fix this? Siegfried and Roy this up? No, I don't. <laughs> Nice Vegas pun, but no, I don't. <laughs> I It just seems inevitable. And, you know, we even sort of talked to Colin about this in terms of, you know, the future being could be three super teams 
uh, three super conferences if the the Big 12 is able to, you know, pull the Pac-12 apart in a sense. That would be the end of the Pac-12 and maybe poach some of the ACC uh, marquee names like a Florida State or a Clemson because you would need some more marquee teams. I don't think just those six alone from the Pac-12 would be enough to make it like sexy enough for for that as that third conference but if you got Florida State or Miami or Clemson then then it would be a little more even just in terms of not just having the quantity but the quality of teams in your league um so I just don't I don't think I just think the Big 12 is in the better position to be that that conference and not the Pac-12 so yeah. it seems inevitable that the Pac-12 will you know wither away and be a footnote in history. It's tough. So I think there's some options. Uh, you know, I've been reading a lot, you know, guys I trust people. I've talked, you know, I've talked to John Canzano. I've talked to John Wilner, um, you know, Bruce Feldman, like people in national, you know, the, in this region and then nationally about kind of what sort of options are out there. And I feel like this, the, the ACC and, you know, they signed this really horrible TV deal. that goes to 30, 36. And I think Andy Staples was talking about this on his podcast about, uh, they got they got to look at this legal contract, which I guess the ACC doesn't put out, and no one's most people haven't seen it. But it's it's pretty it's it's going to be pretty tough to break. There's all pretty these kind of legal, yeah, like all these legal loopholes that it seems like even if you're making a hundred million dollars a year, it's just not you know it's not worth it to try to break any of this stuff. So the better chance would be for the ACC to like renegotiate the deal because if they add teams or something, I don't know, but. Um, but then at that point, you're not, you're not poaching. It's, it's just really going to be hard to get Clemson or North Carolina or Miami or Florida state out of the ACC, um, because of this, you know, the, this grant of rights deal that goes for so long and it's so bad, but, um, and you know, and they're ESPN. So ESPN probably doesn't want to destroy the ACC, even though it's a much smaller version of their SEC property, which they're, you know, going all in on. So I, I think with the ACC, the best option, if you're the Pac-12, is some sort of legally binding agreement, um, you know, potential type of a merger, but it's more- Like an alliance. A, an, an alliance that's not a handshake. Like, it's oh, okay. not like, hello, we're on the same team. And oh, okay. then Kevin Warren comes and just stabs you in the back and takes your two best properties away. Uh, this is actually like a legal thing. And I think something like that, could keep the Pac-12 afloat. Maybe it helps the ACC negotiate a better TV deal. Um, I don't know. There's something there. And I think that's the kind of home run that for Klyovkov, just what he's announcing today about the, you know, um, serious negotiations for the, for the uh, media um, rights and, and all of that. I, to me, it feels like he's trying to stop time with like, we have 10, we can't let it get worse. It's like, we're, you know, we just got our, I, I think the analogy I thought before was sort of like, uh, the big 12, like got their legs blown off when, when <laughs> no, it's terrible, but Texas and Oklahoma leave, but it wasn't like fatal, right? You can uh, survive with legs blown you off. Can you survive, can survive. You, you can get prosthetics. You can prosthetics, crutches, wheelchair, whatever. And they're doing great right now. They're like Mr. X or whatever, something they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're the, probably the most stable. Charles of, Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the most, uh, or Professor X? I don't know. I Professor don't know. X, yes. Professor X, sorry. Um, probably the most stable of the other three conferences. But like the Pac-12's wound was more like internal organs. They have would, shrapnel in the heart. Yeah, like this is like, 
you, yeah, you, it's, they're bleeding out right now. Right, you're probably bleeding out. Can you survive? So emergency surgery for George Klafoff coming in, emergency surgery, trying to stop the bleeding, and then you have to somehow. Okay, we got to. Not only do we have to like stop from dying, but now we got to try to run a marathon tomorrow, and we have to like figure something out to like stop this this mortal wound that we got from USC and UCLA. Don't allow it to like cause other you know organ failures like. Oregon, Oregon, that's a little I like that. Wow. Uh, you know, Washington, the mountain schools, the the desert schools, any of them leaving. Who knows? The Bay Area yeah, schools. Me- meanwhile, the Big Twelve standing over the body, like measuring the legs, like, hey, we could <laughs> use like, some legs. This is like going through the like, wallet, like, hey, <laughs> I like these boots. I like uh, these. They come boots. with these legs. Yeah, um, these could be right. leg transplant. There are definitely vultures. <laughs> like you're, you're trying to perform the surgery, like out in the desert, where there's like vultures picking at your body and everything. I can't be sterile. It's no, <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. But he's going to need some sort of hail mary, I guess, to make this um, work. But I would, I'm, you know, I think he's going to try his hardest. But I feel like part one is like we have ten. We're going to get here's what we could get for media rights for this ten. Like, don't go anywhere yet. Everyone just stay put. Um, and then you know maybe there's some kind of deal. If could you merge with the Big Twelve instead of letting them, uh, you know, consume your leftovers. Right. Um, you know, could you merge with the ACC? I I think it's going to be tough um, for any of that stuff to work because the Big 12, I mean, if you're the Big 12, and you remember like in November, I mentioned this with Colin, they were getting, they threw out like an olive branch, like, hello, Pac-12, can you please help us? And, the, you know, no life preserver or anything came from the Pac-12. You know, they didn't say, hey, we're going to merge with all whatever you have left. And to you got to give Bob Bowlesley, the, the commissioner at the time, credit that he got a lot of criticism, but I thought he did a pretty good job putting the pieces back together with Cincinnati and UCF and BYU and Houston. Like he took the best group of five teams out there and added them. And now they don't have a market, they don't have a big brand, but they have a lot of good ones. Like they have a lot, you know, like Baylor winning a, you know, you have a basketball national champion and they won the Big 12 last year in football. Cincinnati went to the playoffs. Cincinnati went to the playoffs. So you got some good brands, but there's no like Texas, Oklahoma. That's why I like an Oregon, Washington. Those are those would be bigger brands than I think anything the Big Twelve has. Even though there's been more success probably from some of those teams, uh, you know, more recent years. But those are bigger brands. They're just kind of further away. So does it make sense for the Big Twelve to grab those six teams? I don't know. Would the Bay Area schools be involved? Like, would you rather merge or just like take the best parts? You know, <laughs> so like, I, right? You have no leverage. I can just take what you have. Right. Like if you're negotiating, like, well, you could take all of us. Like, I really only want the best ones or these ones that are closest to me. Um, it's going to be nuts, Chris. Like this, there's so many opportunities. If you're, but you're listening to the show or you're on the show, like me and Chris, you're talking about USC most likely. And I think USC is in a really good place from all of this. You know, like I've heard other shows talk about who are the biggest winners or losers. Like, you could argue that UCLA is a bigger winner than USC in this because UCLA basically come along for the ride because it's more it's more about the football brand than the, the basketball brand. They're both in Los Angeles. Uh, John Wilner said on um, Paul Feinbaum's show, like they asked them, like, "What does UCLA bring?" And like, well, their association with USC. Like, so UCLA might be the bigger winner because they weren't the ones that like have the eleven football national championships. They have the basketball ones, which is great. But that's not necessarily what's going to drive the the bus when it comes to the revenue and everything. Um, so, but I think those two schools are the biggest winners in this, in whatever order you want to do it. I, you know, USC is just 
so much better off now uh, than they were before. And it's just kind of one of those things where you can kind of sit back and relax and wait to see USC what happens. USC is one of the people watching the Hunger Games. <laughs> They're one of the past winners. Yeah, right? they're one of the they're past. Training. They're, they're they can, up there. They can train like some of the new people. They're, they're up like, there. They're good <laughs> while everyone else rips each other to shreds. <laughs> I love it. And that. burns each other alive. That's... They're like Woody Harrelson. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, you should probably do I that. I made it. Try not to die. Um, but also helps that USC was, you know, big and strong and good at combat. Yeah. One of the funny aspects of this, so we did our emergency show. If you guys didn't see or listen, we were over at uh, Redondo Union High School, really close to here, covering the Elite 11, which I didn't even pay attention to what happened that last day. Like, we were supposed to shoot video and stuff. I don't even know what happened. It was a seven-on-seven day. Yeah, it was a seven-on-seven day. Just like, uh, you know, this, this happened that day, so we had to come in here and do it. But we didn't know as much. Kind of going in you know, to our show, we just knew the breaking news after that was it became official and all that stuff. So, but there was news breaking as we were doing it. Yeah, there was like breaking news what was going on. The uh, I think what's been more interesting outside of the USC UCLA stuff for USC fans that we've talked to is the Oregon Washington deal. Uh, like if the Mountain Schools and the Desert Schools left for the Big 12. Like now that USC and UCLA are gone, I don't know if it matters that much. I think they care what happens to the Bay Area schools. There's been talks from Stanford, Notre Dame is joining the Big 10 to, you know, Stanford's going to give up football. You know, like there's been a huge range of what could happen to the Bay Area schools. So I don't know what's going on there. That's like sort of, uh, that's like a bag blow in the wind. I have no idea what's going to happen. But like the Oregon-Washington ones, you know, bigger brands in football, I heard from some Oregon people and some of it I think was just, they were kind of dumbfounded. They didn't you know, quite realize like, why wouldn't it be USC and Oregon? We've been better. And I, and you kind of realize it doesn't really matter who was better the last decade. Like this is about brands. It's about markets, all that stuff. Like the big important things that I feel like when we talk to some Oregon fans at times that they just feel like, no, we're the best team in the Pac-12 now, and we're the biggest brand, and we have Nike and all that stuff, and it's just not the case. Like, But if, Phil Knight. Yeah, if that was the case, the Big Ten would have added Oregon, and they didn't. And uh, I think what Pete Thamel said that I read earlier, that um, you know those schools, if, if, the, if USC and UCLA wanted Oregon in the Big Ten, they would probably be there, you know? And I feel like there's truth to that, Sources I talked to at USC didn't seem to be upset that Oregon wasn't coming. And I know there's a lot of USC fans like, oh, you need to, you know, to bring them along and stuff. This is more of a, it, to me, Chris, it feels like kind of cutthroat where USC, you know, I don't think they're shedding a tear that Oregon's not coming, but I think it probably went beyond that where they were like, we don't want them to come. And right, uh, let's call it what it is. Some people have even reported like USC did not want the duckies in yeah. to follow them or be in the be in be in the uh the club with them. Right. Like UCLA sort of riding USC's coattails into the Big Ten. They didn't want to bring Oregon along. And I, I think that's something I, I I feel that's true, just from the people I talked to. No one's come out and said that like specifically, but definitely I know that people aren't shedding a tear that Oregon's not there. It's pretty um, diabolical. You know, It's this is like calculated, all of this stuff. And USC, you can do that because you're the big draw. You're the reason why. They, they, they've been the 900-pound gorilla on the West Coast, but not, you know, like Colin said, Larry Scott would treat Washington State better than USC. Like, 
the SEC wouldn't do that. They wouldn't treat Vanderbilt better than Alabama because they feel bad or they have a friend at Vanderbilt. Like they understand Alabama's going to make, if Alabama's really good, it helps Vanderbilt, you know? And I don't think Larry Scott got that. I think, I think George Klyovkov does, but it's a little too late. But USC not wanting Oregon there, I, I think it's like, it's brilliant, you know, um, if all that is true from from what I've heard. And I know the USC fans love it because it's been a constant battle Yeah, on social media, just them going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The pettiness is back, Ryan. It's back. Uh, the recruiting battles, you know, Oregon talking trash. There's a lot of just, I mean, I, I mean, I love talking to a lot of Oregon fans. I love the people that cover uh, the beat, but the, the the point that USC fans make when they say that like the zero stands for how many titles and stuff, there's not enough hardware there to kind of go with, um, you know, what with some of the talk is all the time. And I think what people don't realize, it doesn't matter that you've been better for 15 years, like a better football program, that you've been better than USC, you've been better than UCLA. But who did the Big Ten want? They wanted USC and UCLA. So like, which sucks. And like you're Utah, people aren't even talking about Utah, and they won the the Pac-12 last year. Right. It's great. I mean, it's great that you are good right now. You've been good for a while or you're doing better. And Oregon's had some really great runs and a lot of, you know, recent success. But there's there's a lot of history in college football, you know, and that matters. And it moves the needle. Those brands move the needle. And being in the Pacific Northwest versus being in Southern California matters. All that stuff matters. So I think it was sort of a, a bit of a rude awakening, I think, where – I mean, I can't tell you how many Duck fans would talk to me like, you are you don't know what you're talking about. Like, Oregon would be the number one team out the door. It's like, nope, they're not even number two. <laughs> so that's, uh, it was, it was, it came down to who did the Big Ten want? And they wanted USC and UCLA. There you have it. Yeah. Uh, we got to uh, get Dan Weber's reaction. Did you get to check out his column yet? I did. Yeah. I thought you were going to bring him into the show. I was like, another special guest? No, we, we we'll do that. Like, people have asked for Dan to come on. Definitely. They, they really loved his column, so make sure you go check it out over at uscfootball.com. We also got a, it's the last day of our our special sale. You get two, if you're not a VIP member, you get two months for a dollar. So, dude, just go do that. Two months, 60 days for a buck. I could find a dollar and change in my car right now. Yeah. Like, that'll get you through fall camp and into the season. For a dollar. Um, I mean, that's like a fourth of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So just go do it uh, if you haven't done it yet. Today's the last day. Get in there and uh, make sure you go sign up. But yeah, really popular from Dan. So that was kind of cool to see what, uh, to see some of his uh, thoughts again. If you don't know, he's, you know, he moved to Northern Kentucky, still follows the team. Um, he has really a lot of insights about from when he was growing up in that area and what college football was being close to the Big Ten, being close to the SEC, and then seeing USC being this whole another entity, and now seeing those worlds collide. It's its pretty cool. It's a good uh, its good to get them back. We had them uh, do columns last year during the games, but sort of kind of fallen off in the offseason when there wasn't as much going on. He wrote a little bit, you know, like when Lincoln Riley got hired and stuff, but I asked him to do something for this one because, you know, it's a big deal. Um, USC going to the Big Ten. So make sure you check that one out. Uh, Dave Emmerich, too. Uh, USC made a, a big hire. Mike Mike Leach's right-hand man. I think I mentioned it uh, last week. After, I think it was an emergency show. I don't remember. I mentioned him at some point. But uh, Chris, Chris, any thoughts on uh, – I forget his title. I wrote it down before. Uh, he'll be the general manager slash senior associate athletic director for football. Gotcha. Okay. So 
fancy titles. Um, I know a lot of people when this first came out were like, oh, he's the replacement for Brandon Sosna, who, if you've been living under a rock, is, you know, <laughs> going over to the Detroit Lions in the NFL. Uh, but I was told this is not Sosna's replacement. This is more so a replacement for uh, Spencer Harris, who was more sort of on the recruiting side a little bit, did a little bit of everything, but he has now moved on to the boulevard, and you had recently had him on. I had him on the show, yeah. Yeah, so you can check that out on our YouTube channel, but uh, Emmerich is more so replacing Spencer Harris's role and title uh, with the team. Gotcha, yeah. Because obviously they had some holes to fill, him, uh, Megan Mueller, and I expect, you know, Megan Mueller to have a replacement come in. She also went over to the boulevard, or that 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 side of the thing's for USC, so USC has some holes to fill with their admins still. Yeah, and I was told also, like, he'll do some of, like, the, you know, Brandon Austin did a lot. So I think some of the stuff that was charted for for Brandon. Um, he'll pick up. He'll pick up, but it's more probably more, like you said, on the Spencer Harris side. Um, and yeah. He, he's a good hire. You know, he's experienced. He's been Mike Leach's right-hand man. For quite some time, he's obviously been in the the SEC. He has that experience uh, around, you know, SEC football, so he can help bring that to USC. And obviously, he goes back with uh, Lincoln Riley, back to his days at Texas Tech when he was a walk on. He was there on the staff, so they go way back. Obviously, the connection with Dave Nickel, um, who was at Mississippi State. Yeah, uh, Dave ever first got on my radar on Twitter when. Uh, unfortunately, Dave Nicola passed and he was tweeting out a bunch of things in his memory. Like, you know, this is where the, the, the mass will be, the viewing will be. So he was sort of the guy on Twitter doing all that. So obviously they had a connection, you know, maybe they re reconnected at, you know, the funeral cause they were all there Lincoln and the staff flew out there. So, you know, I think it's a really good hire, obviously that someone has a lot of good experience, uh, in SEC. And I think it's going to be a valued addition to this staff. Yeah. I agree with you 100. Um, and he's got a recruiting background too, so he's obviously going to help with that. Uh, can never can you're never not in need of recruiting help. You can never, always get more. Recruiting. Never not in need. Double. I was trying to like, how do I yeah. like phrase? You got this. it there. You got eh, it there. I may, eventually made it there. So, uh, so we'll give you more on uh, Dave Emmerich when uh, you know as we hear uh, more about that. Why don't we get into some questions? But we, before we do, oh, I'm sorry, we got some you. We don't have any breaking news. Well, we're sort of breaking news, but... Breaking news? This is a historic show. Oh, my gosh. You haven't, like... <laughs> what are you doing? I'm, okay. You so, just went right into it. I thought you were going to do some big old spiel, but no, you just, I didn't like, even mention this was Colin buried, Coward. Yeah, you just buried the lead. I'm an idiot. Well, okay. <laughs> I literally just got back from Temecula like an hour before we started the show. Got all this stuff ready. Colin said he would come on. Put it together. Trying to do everything, and then, oh, forgot that part. This is our. Hold on, we need some. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna like applaud myself. Yeah. I, I apologize. Uh, the fifteenth hundredth episode, one thousand five hundred episodes of the Parastyle Podcast. Crazy! Congratulations. Thanks. You've been a part of a bunch of them. Uh, we started back in two thousand eight. Uh, we were mostly doing one show a week for quite a while, and then we started doing more. And during the season, sometimes we have three, four, five shows a week. So we've been doing a lot of episodes. Um, you know, the off season, maybe not as much. Uh, you know, we've been moving some things around. You know, Shotgun will start doing his show probably again. You know, I'll still do shows with Harvey Hyde. Chris and I'll do a show. Chris is doing a show with Gerard. I mean, if you 
that's the case, that's like four or five a week right there, you know, and if we have special guests, um, which we've been doing. So uh, thanks to everyone out there. Uh, 1,500 episodes. Holy cow. That's a lot. Um, I don't have my glasses. Are you crying? No, I'm not crying. Uh, you can see me. Yeah. Um, here yeah we he's can. not crying. But... Let's see. Uh, you can see at the little studio. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a... If he if he cries off camera, I'll say I'll say it for next. Let week. me know. Yeah, let, let let everybody know. Our one thousandth. It's funny we saw Matt Leinart over at the Elite Eleven. Got to talk to him a little bit, and uh, he was our guest on our one thousandth episode. So I think that was me and Keeley did that one, uh, which doesn't seem like that long ago. Doesn't. It was definitely pre-pandemic and everything. I think so. Maybe it was. I don't know. But it was. It was a while ago, and uh, you know Matt was nice enough to come on and I asked Colin to come on. I mean, didn't even mention could have had him say something about 1500. It's just, there was a lot going on, Chris. So thank you for yeah. reminding me. I would have, we would have done a 1500. You, you, like, you didn't mention it at all. Did I, did I mention something at the very top? That no, was like a you did nothing. Yeah. I thought we were going to do a little thing, but yeah, congratulations to you for what you've built. And one shout out to the family feud, because I know they helped contribute to that total. hundred percent. The now defunct uh, family feud show. And yeah, Congratulations. And if you're listening, please leave us a five-star review in honor of uh, Ryan's 1500th episode for the Parasol Podcast. You can do that for our podcast. You can do that for the Two-Star Recruit Podcast. Just leave us a five-star review, please. We appreciate it. We would appreciate that. Thank you for uh, mentioning that as well, Chris. I'm getting better. You're very good. I'm a part of this now. I have to to build it up. And I'm glad you're a little nervous, but we got to to interview Cowherd and... uh, but yeah, 1500 episodes. So that's why we had, well, I mean, we wanted to get Colin on anyway to talk about this, but I was like, 1500th. I'm like, ah, oh, let's do something, try to do something special. Obviously, it's been a little nutty, a little crazy time, holiday weekend coming into all that stuff. So let's get to our questions. Here, I'll play this one. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. I love my Simpsons. Uh, it's not death with our listeners, but. It's a fun bit. Anyway, Frank in Sacramento wrote in and said, look on the bright side. USC won't have to go up to Oregon State every time. They have it rolling and get beat. Yeah, it's like, it'll be different, Chris, if you like lose at Wisconsin versus like lose at Oregon State. Because then it'll be cold. Yeah. But if you lost, well, it can be cold at Oregon State too. Um, No, but it's guaranteed to be cold at Wisconsin. If you lose to like Minnesota... Or like Purdue, like look, that's probably like the equivalent, right? Look, I grew up in the snow. I'm ready for these snow games. I got snow pants. Uh-huh. I gotta get some boots. I got I got jackets. I'm ready to break out. I'm ready, Ryan. You, I grew up in the snow. Oh, that's right. You're, yeah, dude. We build igloos. Yeah, but you, but you're like more like ingrained in snow. I've been out right now. Like time. you're you're like basically you're in the pool. You're you play beach volleyball. You're yeah. you're like. You're reverted back. You're reverted into like you need to. You need. We need to toughen up. We need to go on a retreat. You and I need to go camping in the to to re reestablish our East Coast roots. Camping in the cold. Yeah. Um, I think it was the Washington game a couple years ago. Keeley and Shotgun and I were up there, and it snowed, and we're walking around. And the like, Dante Williams one. No, that didn't snow. No, it was. Uh, what year? I think it was Washington. I think we were in Seattle. Was it the Sam Darnold 2017 where they lost? Uh, I don't even remember what year was that, but I remember throwing snowballs at Keely and stuff like showing her what the, you know, it was pretty fun. It probably was 2007. Was it 2017? The Sam Darnold one where they lost. 
Yeah. They were like 10 or something. Yeah. Shumadoga got hurt. Austin Jackson came in. Look at you remembering all that stuff. Toalomagon, like a staph infection or something. Oh. The game. Yeah. I just have these little nuggets that I stay stash. I love that you stashed those away. I remember that raining. I remember. I thought it was raining. I thought I don't know if it was snowing, but I don't know. There was one that was snow on the ground, and what? Maybe. I think I'll, it was, I'll ask Keeley. I think it was in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, we got Dan, class of 1962. We haven't heard from him for a while. He said, "I haven't commented recently, but I had to comment today. I've always felt that USC could never be great again in a mediocre Pac-12. The hiring of Lincoln Riley, and the move to the Big Ten with UCLA is absolutely the best that USC could do in order to." Be nationally relevant. Again, congratulations to Mike Bone and Carol Folt for their courageous leadership. Fight on and win is not just a slogan, but a reality. As someone who has been a Trojan alum for 60 years, it's my belief that this change was absolutely needed if USC ever wants to win national championships. My question uh, is for any alum who questions the move because of nostalgia for the rivalry for the rivalries in the Pac-12 is... Uh, where were the other Pac-12 schools when the Pac-12 office and the Pac-12 office, when the NCAA was dumping on USC for bogus reasons concerning Larry Bush and Larry Scott was only concerned with Pac-12 parity, meaning that USC should be at the same level as Oregon State, Wazoo, and Cal. Thanks for everyone at USC who made this decision. Uh, fight on and win, Dan, class of 62. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, we're getting a lot of that. And I, I get it, like, we, we mentioned like the, the Pac-12 didn't treat USC like the SEC treats Alabama. Um, and you don't have to go over the top, but you have to at least acknowledge that, hey, the reason, different. the reason why the TV contract is this big is because of you. We understand that. Not we're all part of the same team. So it's great that, you know, <laughs> Tucson and Corvallis are as equally represented as Los Angeles, you know, like. The cost of living is higher there, but we're going to give you the same amount of money. Like all that stuff didn't make much sense. So I get it. And th yeah, they weren't very supportive during the sanctions. So uh, I think there's a lot of fans that are kind of bitter at the Pac-12. So they're not, those ones aren't really happy or unhappy that the USC is leaving, Chris. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got Trojan Cilantro. Oh, interesting. Great game. name. What are the chances uh, the Rose Bowl will start hosting the Big Ten Championships? That's an interesting one because I know we've been getting a lot of questions like what happens to the Rose Bowl. I think that's way yeah. too early to kind of figure out what happens to the Rose Bowl. But yeah. I would assume the Rose Bowl is sticking around in some capacity. That's a obviously a historic game in college football. And in a in a time where uh, history is, you know, being, you know, altered and sort of maybe lost, I think that's something you'd really want to hold on to. 100%. And uh, I think – the Rose Bowl is going to be okay. It's yeah. just going to be different. It's going to be different than what you thought. Do you remember the Big Ten playing the Pac-12 all those years? It's not always like that anymore. You know, we've seen Alabama playing the Rose We've seen teams like that. I went to a Florida State-Auburn uh, Rose Bowl game, you know, for national championship. There have been some changes. There's going to be more changes. I think the, the Rose Bowl has been very reluctant to change. They want the game on January 1st. They want it to kick off at 2 p.m. So the sun is setting over the mountains and the second, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think some of that stuff is going to change out of necessity. Uh, the When USC and UCLA leave, that's 46% of, you know, Rose Bowls had one of those teams represented in them. Like, how crazy is that? So, yes, you can't have the Big Ten playing whatever's left of the Pac-12 if the Pac-12 survives. I think it's still going to be a great bowl game, one of the best bowl games, if not the best one, but it'll probably have to be 
acquiesce and be part of the playoff, the new playoff picture. Um, Cause it's not going to make sense to just keep that PAC 12 affiliation. If one, the PAC 12 is a shell of itself and two, Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. I don't think it's going to be the Big Ten championship game, but I do think uh, it will be, you know, a major bowl game still. It's just, you're going to make some changes. They, they've really not wanted to change, and this is going to force them to change, I think. Uh, could USC play some of its future Big Ten games at neutral sites like Vegas and Dallas from Alex? Um, you don't typically see conference games being played at neutral no, sites. Unless it's a championship. Yeah, so. like... Probably not. No, I don't think that makes a lot of not anything wrong with it, Alex. But just if you look at you know you play out of conference games at those sites, Michi- uh, USC. Michigan, yeah, sorry, I was no, going to no. say Michigan wouldn't like like Vegas. That's basically like L.A. area. Like it's it's it'll be a home game for them. Yeah, you wouldn't want to play in Dallas when there's no one in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or whatever USC UCLA near Dallas. Uh, Vegas is near the L.A. schools. Uh, LSU is playing USC in 2024 in Las Vegas. That's pretty cool. But yeah, that's more of an out-of-conference thing. So having like an SEC matchup, I mean, there might be some really cool, you know, Big Ten, SEC, just like line them up and everyone plays. Like that's going to be Mega cool conference stuff. showdown. I love it. Like oh, Big Ten versus the SEC. Yeah. Ohio State, Alabama start. Then Georgia, you know, Michigan or whatever. And then, you know, USC and Florida, whatever it is. Like boom, 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 boom. They just kind of go down and just everyone play each other. That'd be great. Uh, man, we got a bunch of questions. Troy Trojan, if you look back at 2018 and look at USC situation, uh, to be here now is nothing short of a miracle. Uh, that's true, I guess. People across the country don't understand how dire USC situation was. The line lineup of characters we rolled out in 2018 was unreal. Incompetent president of the board of trustees to an incompetent school president, an incompetent athletic director to an incompetent head coach, add an incompetent conference commissioner who led an incompetent conference <laughs> along with 11 incompetent schools, all have helped destroy the SC brand. Four years later, uh, all we've been through, uh, thrown in the trash, and have been upgraded. Unbelievable. Question, is this real or are we dreaming, Troy Trojan? I mean, to answer the question, it is real. It is real. Uh, And there was a lot of incompetence all across. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. Like, USC's incompetence contributed to this, too. Right. It's not all Pac-12. But... It's not, you know, Larry Scott, huge, 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 huge problem. Like he's going to be the one that like signs a death warrant for the Pac-12. But who votes him in? It was all the presidents and all the presidents went along with it. I think, uh, I mean, um, the uh, Arizona State, Michael Crow, uh, he was a big proponent of Larry Scott. I think till the very end, you know, they got him, he got him another extension. But the other presidents had to step up and, and say something. And they, you know, they let this happen. So the presidents across the Pac-12, let Larry Scott do this. They didn't have the vision to kind of see what was going on. Uh, but USC being bad hurt the Pac-12's brand too, you know? So if USC was better, if UCLA was better, um, you know, that would have helped prop up the Pac-12 a little bit, but they weren't. And and the weird part is that sort of benefited them that now they're going to get a huge windfall because they just haven't been pulling their weight uh, in the Pac-12. But Unfortunately, they had to pull more than their weight because they are, you know, they're bigger brands than everybody else in the Pac-12. So, Ryan, you've been we, we have a lot of questions, but we have a lot of long questions. Uh, do you want me to take this one? Give yeah, you, go ahead. Get a little yeah. bit of a break there. That'd be nice. Thanks, Chris. Uh, this one comes from John from Oakland. Uh, great coverage on the wildest week in LA college football history. 
One constant concern raised is scheduling and travel distances. How about this approach for a nine-game Big Ten conference schedule that I call 6-2-1? Each season, USC would play six Big Ten games at the Coliseum, two away Big Ten games, and USC home and away. UCLA home and away. UCLA would do the same at the Rose Bowl. The next year, five of the teams that played UCLA would come back to LA to play USC, plus one of the teams USC played on the road. Same for UCLA. This five plus one cycle would continue year after year. This approach has 12 Big Ten teams in the LA, in LA each season now, getting exposure in Western recruiting territory, with each only having to make one cross-country trip a year. In exchange for this, USC and UCLA would each be making two trips to the East Coast. USC's three-game non-conference schedule would still include Notre Dame. In the Big, If the Big Ten wanted to have 10 conference games, you could go to a 7-2-1 version of this schedule without the need for the 5-plus-1 cycle. Thoughts? Also, had an idea to buy a used Boeing 737 that could carry 140 people. I quickly Googled the price tag of a Boeing 737 <laughs> new. was about 997 million dollars oh so like one year in the big Ten. one year in the big Ten. but he said use so maybe you know get a little discount or like a 60 million dollar like a 60 million dollar plane probably uh, cheaper to just charter <laughs> um he did have a whole nother email john in oakland about the it's but i wasn't going to read all that too um and thank you for reading that i mean i mean i, I look at john's email i'm like nobody's going to agree to that like yeah no no one will agree to play let usc have six home games and two road games like no like i don't there's no way that's gonna happen and then when it goes to like one more game he's like i'll give usc another home game like if you made it like six three one like maybe it's a little more palatable you go seven two and one (laughs) like like going to la is just i mean that's cool but holy cow like that's uh they're not gonna let you know usc have i mean (laughs) seven home games in the big 10 you know like it could be eight. It could be a riot. It could be eight. Like so, you have seven home games from like the regular Big Ten plus UCLA, and you go to like two road games. You know, um, yeah. I, I mean, is there a scenario where they're like, you know, only four road games a year? So sometimes, I, so sometimes you have an extra. Home. I I don't know. Maybe there's something that you give a little something, or I think the more likely scenario is like. We're going to limit your your road games to earlier in the season as opposed to like we're not going to send you to Minnesota in December kind of stuff. Like maybe they do something like that, but I don't think you can make it inequitable as far as home and away games. Uh, people talked about that with USC and the Pac-12. Like, ah, they should just come to L.A. more. <laughs> that, that's – yeah, that, that's one of those things where you just like – the competitive balance gets thrown off. Like, I, yeah. Sorry, Jan. No, that ain't happening. <laughs> And even the argument of getting West Coast recruiting exposure, Big Ten has already like been stealing kids from the Pac-12 area. Yeah, like, like, they don't need it. It's not like an even trade. Like, oh, we'd love to go to Los Angeles, but not. We're going to lose a home game because of it. And yeah, we're hardly ever going to get USC to come to our stadium, but we'll go out to LA a lot. Like I, you know, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, let's see. This is uh, about the Big Ten, Pac-12. Everyone's talking about a super conference. If the Pac-12 and Big Ten merged, they would be the first. Um, they would have 26 teams if they got Notre Dame and another school. Would have 28 teams, could have four divisions and a conference championship playoff and hopefully have a team or two in the um, 
national championship playoffs. I'm sorry, I didn't write down the name of who wrote this one in. Uh, there's no reason for the big, the Big Ten made its move. They took the best. They said, we're going to take USC and UCLA and walk away. And maybe if they want to add some more, they can. There's no reason to merge anymore. It's like, you've already taken the best, you know, like if Chris and I have, we each have like a matchbox, whatever, like collector car collection. And he's got like two cars that are worth like, you know, thousands of dollars and all the other cars are worth like in the hundreds. And I like win them from him in a bet. And then he's like, why don't we combine our collections? Like, no, I already took your best stuff. Like, I'm not going to like, we don't need to combine. Like we can negotiate something, but this is not a, the PAC 12 has zero leverage at this anymore. Right? Like there's no reason to, to merge. If you're the big 10, you took the best, you took what you wanted. So you don't need the rest. You don't need all the other stuff. But what if I told you, I really, really want to combine. <laughs> so if George Klyakov is like, please, please, I really want to come. Remember but our I handshake. I really, really want it. Too. Yeah. I already won the millennium Falcon from him in our, in a card game. And now I don't, I don't know what what's left in his pile. Oh, of poker winnings. Uh, I just like solo was on the other day. I kind of watched parts of that. Yeah. So uh, you have a star, uh, star Wars sound effect. Uh, oh, I have. Oh, <laughs> I keep going on that one, but, um, yeah. So I don't think there's going to, there's going to be any helpful, like there's no reason to merge, uh, those two could merge with the ACC could merge with the big 12, but there's no reason for one of the super powers, the sec or the big 10 to go, Hey, PAC 12, come on, join us. Like, we'll take all your smaller brands. And the way less money that you guys make, and we'll 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 give you a share of our pie. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's happening. Uh, Arizona Jack, in less than one year. Wow, think about it. Also, this is another kind of looking back. September twenty twenty one, Stanford, a very bad team, we call them, but came into town and trounced SC, leading to Clay Helton's firing. He has a little fire emoji there. When SC lost their head coach, the team in turn lost focus, lost heart, and lost eight games. In that lost season. Uh, fast forward to November 2021. Shock, shock, shock. We hire Coach Riley away from Oklahoma. Now in June, July, less than one year, we find out we are leaving the Pac-12, our home, for 100 years. It's truly sad what money can do with a money bag there. Arizona Jack. So Arizona Jack is sad? I thought it was like excited. That's what my... He had me in the first half. And then the second half, he sort of was like, Oh, it's sad now that you're leaving the Pac-12. Does that seem to approve of a $100 million coach, Lincoln Riley, and $100 million checks for the rest in the Big Ten? Yeah. I seem to like it. I guess you don't quite understand like how much more... Like, if you were running a business, whatever the business is, you're making widgets, <laughs> and you have a budget, and your budget was like $30 million a year... And there's these other guys making widgets that you compete with that used to be like on par with. And now their budgets are hundred million a year. And you're like, holy cow, like, how am I going to keep up making these widgets and stuff? Um, I mean, it's think about what your company would do if you instantly were given a budget of a hundred, you know, it triples your, your budget. And you're like, wow, what can I do now? Like it's changed. It's not like I'm making 15% more. I can, uh, give everyone a little raise or a bonus, or we can do a retreat or something like you're making three times as much money. Like that's major changes. Like if you wanted to add, like Dan Weber mentioned, like adding women's softball team, building a new stadium, like 
I don't know if that is feasible, but that's something that if I know finance has been an issue before, if that was the main reason why you didn't have one, you could have one now. Like that's, it's change. It's completely going to change the athletic department to go from, they made 21 million last year to in a couple of years from now, they make it over a hundred, right? Like in a year, that's major, 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 uh, game changer. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry, Arizona Jack, if you didn't uh, like what was going on there, but I feel like it's still what's best for USC. I think Chris agrees. Colin agreed for sure. I would agree. We got a couple of text messages and we'll let you guys go. Uh, do you think Larry Scott's philosophy of quote, everyone gets a trophy contributed to USC's decision? The West coast and our governor are always considered soft. I applaud the move. USC flexed its muscle when the PAC eight wanted to become the PAC 10 and include Arizona, Arizona state and Stanford got in the way. Let's bring back old school USC. Be a bully. Marcel and the IE. Snuck in the political there. A little political. I had mentioned that someone on, so on our, I think it was on our emergency show, Chris. Okay. Which did really well. Um, did great. Thank you for viewing. Yeah. Thank you so much for everyone that did that. Um, someone had commented that I didn't get the like Stanford, uh, Arizona, Arizona State story right. And I went back and read Wilner's story on it. So just to kind of paraphrase and recap of what was going on there. It was 1978. I think they had all the presidents in the PAC eight at the time approved of adding Arizona, Arizona state, except Stanford didn't have their, his president, the president wasn't there. And I forget everyone's name. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you who they were. The vice president like gave the approval. Um, I think it was a year or two kind of before this happened. And then they had like the actual like meeting and there was two people that turned, like changed their mind. Like Washington said no. And Stanford, the actual president, instead of the, the vice president or whatever was there this time and said, no, didn't like the academics or whatever. Like it didn't match up. Didn't seem like they fit our model and all that kind of stuff. And then I guess USC was pissed and they were like, they were supposed to have uh, the meeting like with the press, like really soon after that. And I, I guess the quote from like USC's president uh was something along the lines of, you know, let them know, like, this is either going to be announcing Arizona, 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 Arizona state are joining or USC. And I believe, and UCLA are leaving. Um, and I think the Stanford president didn't quite realize what he had walked into and called the vice president and heard what that, that decision was. Then he switched. And then I think when Washington was standing alone, they switched. So it was definitely USC flexing its muscle. However, it went down, it was more of a USC making a power play. Like, look, we want them in here. We're not like going to let you railroad this thing. Uh, but thanks Marcel for bringing that up. But I just want to let it, like, I don't know. I, I didn't mention Washington in the story, but I went back and read, you know, John Wilner has a story on this, like what happened. It's pretty thorough. So you can go back and check all that stuff out. Did you know about that one, Chris? Like back in the day, Dan Weber had written about it a bunch, I think. No. Yeah. But really, I wasn't even thought of being born yet. True. But this, and you know, I wasn't really following any of this stuff back then. I was eight, but you know, it happened. I guess I was seven. Uh, it happened. And that's when it's kind of last time USC like flexed its muscle. So I think it's uh, kind of interesting to bring up. One last one smiles in Arizona says how many four player less TG drives will USC have this season? 12 to 15 average points per game. 40 to 45, 
explanation question mark. Um, That's so it's one of those things where like, if you told me like Chris, Chris goes, Hey Ryan, did you know Oklahoma last year had 40, uh, tribes of four player or less or had four, I wouldn't know which one was closest right. to the right answer. You know, I, I don't know what is 12 to 15. Good. Like maybe. I feel like it's really hard to score in four plays or less. So I would say it's good. I think 12, 15. Yeah. That'd but be it's like one like, a game or something. Yeah. But it's also game. like how many drives are there per game? 11? 12? Uh, yeah. You got like 12. You're, yeah. It's like yeah, you're probably right? average 10 to 14 yeah. or something like that. So if you had one a game, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think 12, 15. So looking at that, it's like, okay, that would probably be a really good number. Yeah, I would say over under over under 10. I would take the over. Yeah, I would take the over for 10. Um, I mean, but some of these are like a 75-yard touchdown bomb. Right. But some of them are like... Get the ball at the 30 on a turnover. And or, or, or at the two, you know, and yeah. just like run one. This quarterback sneak in. Like, oh, it's a one-play TV drive, but like it just was handed to you. Um, could be from special teams. Could be from the defense, whatever, you know, something like that. But, well, thanks, Miles, from Arizona. Uh, all right. And then points per game, I would say around 40, 30, 35, 40. Like if you ask me how many points per game did USC <laughs> average last year, do you know what it was? Uh, I feel it was like 26. I would have guessed like 28, which is probably too high. I'm going to look at it right um, now. Cause it's I mean, it should have been 35 at least, right? Like the talent USC had. I mean, that was pretty bad. By talent, you mean Drake London. What just Drake London alone? <laughs> Drake London alone. He could average twenty points a game. I saw some was this funny a tweet or something. It might have been shared by. Uh, oh, by the way, Gavin Morris's birthday. Happy birthday to uh, our buddy Gavin. Twenty eight point seven. Twenty eight point seven. Okay, I was close. Um, yeah, and some of those are just skewed because you had like big numbers against bad teams. And how many did they allow? Ooh. <sighs> 29.5. 31.7. That's so bad. One of the worst <laughs> defenses in USC history. Ranked 103. So bad. So bad. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was Gavin shared something where they showed like Drake London can do this. And it was like, a, you know, make some diving in zone catch or whatever. But then, he, then it was like his 360 dunk. And he could also do this. And it was some crazy. It might have been more. Whatever's the next after 360. Like the, not a 720, but it was something, you know, like one and a half times rotations or something. He was spinning and dunking. And we're like, whoa, crazy. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. Um, Good show. It, yeah. Good historic show. 1500. 1500, Congrats. everybody. Thank you for being a part of it. If you're listening right now, you're definitely been a part of it. And uh, thank you, Chris, for being a part of it. Family Feud. Coming along. Chris's podcast journey. I don't say it's complete now because... You know, but you got to interview Cowherd, so there's something. It's all downhill from here. We'll get some more. Okay, give me some more people that I could get as like guests that you would like love. Scott Van Pelt. I met him. Uh, we could try. Oh, yeah. He's a Maryland guy, right? He is a Maryland guy. Oh. Uh, I probably have some kind of connection. I, I met him. I Actually, the game we mentioned earlier, the, uh, the National Championship Rose Bowl game, Auburn and Florida State. Um, I helped out our Florida State site at the time. I was like, hey, do you want help? Because I'm here in LA. And like, sure. So I like had my cameras taking photos on the sidelines of the game. 
and just kind of bumped into him. And he's he's tall, six foot six. And we just chatted for a while. I'd be uh, giddy. It was cool. I've never met him, but he was very he was very nice. Like he didn't know me from from anybody, but just like we talked about the business and everything. And Maryland plays UCLA this year. Here. Oh, so, so you're taking maybe, a week off? Maybe, no, I'm just saying maybe he'll be at the game. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah, but we can get him on the show. Uh, that'd, I think, be, that'd be number one. I think one. I might be friends with like Stanford Steve on like Facebook or something. I could I could run that by him. Facebook. MySpace. <laughs> We're on Friendster. Um, that's probably before your time. Uh, all right. That's something to work on. I don't know him. So... I'm sure I, I you, you know. I'm sure you know somebody that knows somebody. I could I could try. All right, that, that's a little challenge there. When are we doing our bake off? By the way. Oh, that's right. So let's. So spring camp is going. Not spring camp. Fall camp will begin at the end of this month or like going to August. So we Early should August. do it. We should do it. Uh, let's let's shoot for the final week of July. All right. Does that sound good? Sounds I mean, good this would have been. I mean, the Fourth of July weekend would. Have, no one was going to want to do that. So let's shoot for the end of the July. I like it. Uh, we'll do something like that. Okay. Uh, well, I think it's going to wrap things up. Uh, thanks again to Colin Coward for coming on the show. Really nice of him to spend some time with us here. Uh, Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed our 1500 episode of the Peristyle Podcast. Join on YouTube, on the Peristyle Podcast feed, wherever you can find the show. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.